2: This podcast is supported in part by the Bertha Foundation.
1: Good evening, Lewis. How are you? Hello, Moneybags. How are you?
3: Well, no, let's not talk about that yet. Um, We're going to save that for the show. But, Lewis, we might, by happenstance, have a few more listeners on the podcast this week. Mm. I don't know why. I don't know why. But for people who've never heard the podcast, Lewis, Mm. how would you describe it?
1: It's a great question, Dan. Um, I would describe it as there's chit-chat. There's news, there's climate change, there's interviews, um, but mostly it's a fundraising campaign. We're essentially here (laughs) to take your money. There are people here who are saying you're talking about important issues, you're talking about climate change. Yeah, sure. That's the smoke screen. At the end of the day, what we want is cash, 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 cash.
3: It's true. It's true. We want your cash. Head to patreon.com forward slash irrational fear. And the other thing we want your money for, you'll hear about in a second. We should let people know that this is the kind of podcast where eventually – we discover who gets murdered, mm. uh, but at the end of the season. And this yeah. show, you know, we're, we're 130 episodes in. <laughs> yeah. So it's 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 a long game. It's a long game.
1: Yeah, that's right. Much like a true crime podcast, it has been going on too long.
3: I'm recording my end of Irrational Fear on Gadigal Land in the Eora Nation. Sovereignty was never ceded. We need a treaty. Let's start the show.
2: Irrational Fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra B***, Fair D*** and Section 40 <coughs> A Rational Fear recommends listening by immature
1: audiences. (laughs)
3: Tonight, with Australia coming out of lockdown, Scott Morrison says he may not go to Glasgow as he has more important picnics to see back at home. And Prince Andrew has been served with a sexual assault lawsuit in the United States. The prince was quite accepting of the latest development, saying, no sweat. And after information leaks that the CIA considered killing Julian Assange for leaking information, Mike Pompeo asks for options to have himself assassinated. It's the 1st of October, and this is the podcast that Nancy Pelosi calls the best podcast in Australia... This is a rational fear.
1: A rational fear! And don't forget to unplug
0: your set.
3: Welcome to Rational Fear. I'm your host, former professional singing kebab, Dan Illich, and let's meet our fear mongers for tonight. She's the queen of corporate comedy on LinkedIn and she's probably considers herself a little bit snorty. Judge for yourself. From the Snortcast, it's Diana Newen. Hi,
4: welcome.
3: Welcome, Diana. Oh,
4: welcome. Thanks for
3: welcoming and I welcome myself. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> <laughs> You can just do it. You want to take over here and, and welcome Ben Jenkins. That'll be very good too. You know from the checkout, win the week. The feed. You also might know him as your friend in the group chat, who's always talking about how great it is to be sober in the pandemic. It's the intoxicating, <laughs> but not intoxicated Ben
5: Jenkins. Welcome, Ben. Hello. How is, Hello so- how is sobriety going for you, Ben? It's you know, it's I don't know. I don't know if you guys have ever done a stint of sobriety, uh, <laughs> but, but one of the, one of the things that they, it's it's very good. But one of the things that they don't. Uh, Tell you is that you you can't be drunk ever. And that's a, uh, <laughs> I'd say that's its, I'd say
1: that's its major drawback. I think if there's, I was a, thinking of getting on board until I heard that fact, and now it's a no for uh, me. Yeah,
5: no, they they put it in the fine print. I'm am um, dr- drinking right now. Um, you
3: can't stop me. And he's a man. No, I haven't actually written your intro, Lewis. I've had mm. a big day. So he's a man, Lewis
1: Hover. <laughs> he's a man. That's it. That's all I get. Unbelievable. But you know what? An upgrade on the boy I used to be.
3: <laughs> I still enjoyed uh, introducing Craig Rucastle last week as former chaser boy, now chaser man. <laughs> he loves it. Coming up, we're going to be talking with Kylie Tink, the new candidate for North Sydney. It's very excited, independent candidate. But first, we're going to message from our sponsor, a real sponsor. Well, sort of. It is us. Um, we've actually got a new spin-off show starting once a month here on this feed, hosted by a very famous Australian. Have a listen. Here's the trailer.
2: Hello, Julia Zamiro here, and I've got a new podcast about politics for people who hate politics.
0: How can Australians have any confidence?
2: I know. Look, sometimes reading the news can make me feel powerless. So I started asking my friends, does anyone care? I found out that a lot of people do care.
5: What started as a fight for justice...
2: Today's protest is proof it's not working. We have to do it. We've got to see change. I also discovered what happens in Canberra affects you, but here's the amazing thing. You can affect Canberra. I'm feeling more powerful already. Once a month on the Irrational Fear podcast feed, I'll be asking, who cares? In my new podcast, Julia Zemiro asks, who cares? I know, I'm some kind of marketing genius. Some of the folks I'll be talking with you'll know and some of them you won't. They'll be from all walks of life, making a difference in ways big and small. I want to excite you. To listen, talk, think more about the choices we actually do have and how we can get active and learn just how powerful we can be. We have an election coming up and I want us to know a bit more about what's happening out there so that when you go in to vote, you care. So grab your megaphone and yell. What do we want? Another podcast. When do we want it? Only once a month for about six months. Thank you.
3: There you go, Jay Z. Here at first on next Thursday, we're going to be taking a break, and Jay Z is going to be taking over next uh, on next Thursday's podcast. All right, this week's first fear: Scott Morrison has decided he won't go to the most historic global world leaders meeting in his tenure. That is the COP26 conference, climate change conference in Glasgow. Fearmongers, why won't Scott Morrison go to this very prominent event?
5: I mean I like what what's he gonna do like if you had the op- if you if you had the option of just like because what well, they're just asking him to turn up to Glasgow and eat shit and like he deserves to eat shit he should be eating shit but if you have the option of not eating shit you take that one right like but isn't eating shit in Glasgow more exciting than eating shit here in Australia? I mean I don't know man like I gotta tell you. I I would say the only thing that I'm enjoying about this entire prime ministership is how much this man fucking hates being prime minister. (laughs) It's 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 honestly the only thing that's keeping me sane. There's like one person having a worse time uh, than a lot of people in lockdown, and it's Scott Morrison. I shouldn't be glib because obviously a lot of people are doing a lot harder than a you know somebody who's who's got millions of dollars and 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 absolute job security due to a stunning lack of opposition. But, like, honestly, this man, like, got to, wanted to be prime minister for all the kind of bells and whistles and sashes and nice trips and conferences where you get to wear cool clothes. And carpets, red carpets. Yeah, and he's just picked the worst time in modern history to have this job for somebody, (laughs) for somebody, for, for, and, like, And you're right, Dan. Like, that's what he just wants to be. Whatever the prime minister equivalent of just kicking back in Hawaii is, he always wants to be doing it. And so he just goes to Hawaii and just does it. Like- the meme the meme
3: is true, though. The meme kind of rings true that Scott Morrison does nothing. Like e- everything he does is at the last minute, just as everything kind of gets to a crisis point so he can mess up handling that crisis. Everything just seems to be like, oh, no, someone else will worry about it until it becomes avoidable. It, it, really, it's like the buck stops with him with everything, but he, he's kind of forgotten that other people, that like he needs to look after stuff as well. It's such a strange environment for him to be but
5: I do I do have like something that approaches but is not sympathy for him in, in in this because like like I say any other time in the time that he's been active in politics that is that is the status quo that is what you do you know passing the buck yep and and just putting it off and just waiting for it to go away Like, 99% of problems. I'm not saying they should be solved this way. I think it's bad they're solved this way. But politically, that has actually never been that much of a problem. And it's this guy's MO. And like I say, he's just picked the one time in history where that looks incredibly bad. It's
1: kind of like, if you look at the end of, say, like, Julia Gillard's prime ministership, at the end of it, she was friends with Rihanna. Now, at the end of Scott Morrison's prime ministership, he's going to be friends with what? Peter Dutton? That is a bad dinner. Yeah. That's not the same dinner party.
3: Yeah, It's so interesting. That even sports people are saying they're not going to go to the lodge or go to Kirribilli to have their photo taken with him anymore. It's such a very yeah. strange thing. Oh, god. It's brilliant. Hey, um, also, uh, also on this story, a comedian wanted to buy one billboard but ended up running a welfare program for the neglect- neglected arts sector. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this story. <laughs> so, yeah, so remember last week on the podcast, you would have heard us talk about um, trying to raise $12,000 to put a billboard in Glasgow.
1: And for the record, at the time, I thought a bit greedy. <laughs> 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 I was like, all right, Dan. Look, we're, I've been on this podcast every single episode since it started and we haven't seen $12,000 in 10 years. Yeah. No, we
3: haven't. No, we haven't. Um, but anyway, uh, so I, I ran this Indiegogo campaign. I put the post out 6 o'clock on Monday and I should have known it was going to go off. Um, you know, when we when we spoke about it on the podcast, we published the podcast on Friday and we mentioned if you want to find out about this find out about this this project, make sure you join the email list. And over the weekend, like I saw one, two, three, about 30 new people signed up to the email list. And I was like, well, this actually might – this actually might – be a problem? Like we actually might.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we <should>. I've never <laughs> prepared for success before.
3: <laughs> and let me tell you, uh, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I've never, all I want to do is pay this invoice <laughs> and uh, go to bed. Um, and I thought I've run. Lewis, you and I ran a Kickstarter campaign or Indiegogo campaign for Rational Fear back in 2014. We, we were trying to raise fifty thousand dollars, and it took mm. a month to raise. Mm. I got through this Indiegogo. I managed to raise fifty thousand in like two days.
4: Yeah,
2: uh,
3: mm-hmm. and and now it's up to one hundred and twelve <laughs> hundred and twelve thousand um, dollars. So, but I've got a new plan. So um, I'm pivoting the whole campaign to called call it Joke Keeper, uh, and we're basically going to spend uh, a, a whole stack of the money on billboards. Yes, but whole bunch of money on comedians who have been out of work to produce sketches for the for uh, for the election coming up. So it's a war chest to roll out for the election. It's like satire if the ABC didn't run it. Like the ABC has this hold on satire, but not, you're not actually allowed to say anything with it. So it's like satire, mm-hmm. but you can actually have a point. Um, it's really exciting. you don't have to answer. You don't have to
1: talk about Thank it. Thank you. I was about to say, as a current <laughs> ABC employee, I have nothing to do with the <laughs> Billboard campaign, but I do think it's great. And obviously it's a bit complicated. Complicating some on the podcast, but I'm not involved.
3: Yes, and Lewis, I want you to know you're not going to get a single cent of this. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's to me. I'm the
4: struggling yes, comedian, sir. the struggling <laughs> comedian over here. <laughs>
1: The ABC <laughs> barely pays me now. The podcast gets money. They don't pay me,
3: <laughs> Lewis. What do you oh, want more? Do, do you want to get paid a hundred bucks a week from the podcast, <laughs> or do you want, to, or do you
1: want a job on national radio? Honestly, that's a difficult <laughs> decision right now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we have got these billboards to make. Have you guys got any thoughts about what billboards we should put up? Like ideas for climate change-oriented billboards to make fun of the climate policies of the Australian government?
1: What about since the temperature Temperatures rising, the whole, we make the billboard, but the whole thing's like a mood ring that changes color as it gets warmer, Ooh. and we leave oh, it up for a thousand is years.
3: Great, that is great. I
1: love that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. What
5: about an ad for uh Fanta?
1: Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> like <laughs>
5: the soft
3: drink.
1: That's pretty. It's,
4: it's delicious. A, it's <laughs> Coca Cola. Well.
5: This isn't the Hamish and Andy podcast. <laughs> it's a delicious beverage that 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 people can buy in stores, and I think people would enjoy seeing that on a billboard to remind them of, of that beverage.
1: Yeah, that's. A <laughs> I may have missed the brief. I just <laughs> heard billboards. They're supposed to be Australian. Australia represent Australia, so maybe it should be something like um, Daruchi furniture. You know, like just see if you can boost, oh, yeah. boost the Daruchi guy. In fact, isn't the Daruchi guy? Um, a stock photo? Is that the truth? Yeah, the Derucci so
5: guy. Could, you could
1: buy the Derucci oh, guy. Ben,
3: Ben, you would know this because you would have done this for the checkout, right? Surely.
5: Actually, no. I stole this fact from James Colley because he did it on Gruen, <laughs> and I'll do it again. <laughs> um, Yeah, he was a he's a stock photo guy, and he and he he has a pipe in the <laughs> stock photo. He's got a pipe in his mouth, and when you. When you know that, because they photoshopped the pipe out because they didn't want to be associated with pipes, I guess, (laughs) for advertising standards. But when you know that he has a pipe, you can't… You realise that's one of the unsettling things about the image, that it's it's got a lack of pipe. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be
3: looking out for the uh, Photoshop pipe uh, next time I drive past the thousands of Daruchi billboards. You'll crash your car, Daniel. It's mesmerising. Diana, do you have any ideas for what should go on these billboards we're making around the world?
4: I was thinking, like... Grow my bush or something. Help
1: grow the bush (laughs) Mm. (laughs) or have you have you considered approaching Lara Bingle? I know that when Scott Morrison was in Hawaii, Lara Bingle was one of the first and obviously most important people to tweet out where the bloody hell are you, Scott Morrison, in the bushfires. Which was obviously great stuff from her. I reckon This is really interesting. I think Lara Bingle, you know, I think I reckon obviously she's she's got the money now. She, we can, you know, we don't need to pay her too much. And uh, I reckon she'd do it. I reckon she would do it. She seems like they kind of, I reckon that would be up her politics.
5: All oh, right. right. Oh, I want to pitch something to you guys. Yeah. I want to pitch something to you guys. <laughs> listening, listening. Lara Bingle on a beautiful beach, <laughs> <laughs> not, reminiscent of the, of the. 2006. Of the, where the bloody. Ha- how are you? Yeah, 2006, where I campaign. But it's a beach that's oh, it's all it's all ruined by climate change. Okay, <laughs> there's uh the waters the waters yucky. Ben, and there's, um, ben, there's ben, dead, ben, dead, ben, dead. ben Have you
3: been reading everyone who's replied to me on Twitter with a teardrop in their name? Is that is that <laughs> what you've been? No, no. Hear me <laughs> out,
5: have hear you me been out. reading all of their so tweets? So she's there, and it's not a nice looking <laughs> beach. <laughs> and uh, what's that in her hand? It's a beautiful bottle of Fanta. <laughs> 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 and the copy just reads F-
1: Fanta. Irrational oh, fear.
0: That's a matter for the Queensland government. I mean, that's a matter for the Premier. That's a matter that I'll, I'll raise with the other Premiers and Chief Ministers. That's really
5: a question to the Premier. That's a matter I'm, I'm happy to take up with the other Premiers and Chief Ministers. Irrational
1: fear.
3: Hey, uh, second fear this week. So a, a report came out on Yahoo News that said that the CIA had planned to. Is that a joke? And
1: Are, the report has come out on Yahoo News. That- well, well, you know what? Here,
3: here's the thing. Yeah, uh, here's the thing. Buzzfeed News has stopped doing news, and Yahoo News saw there was a gap and said, "We need another ridiculous person to take over the news. Let's be the Let's be the new wacky news person." Amazing. But they're doing journalism again. you Yahoo's actually doing real journalism. Yahoo. Uh, <laughs> Yahoo. <laughs> So they had this report that said that um, the CIA was actively developing plans to kidnap or assassinate WikiLeaks founder, Julian Assange during his London-Ecuadorian embassy stay. Um, This is a very, very strange story. Like this is absolutely zany stuff. This is from the Trump administration, Mike Pompeo. All these guys who benefited from Julian Assange leaking material all of a sudden wanted to kill him. Why
5: was that? Yeah, well, they had the material. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't need any more.
1: That was easy. (laughs) Yeah, I do. The thing, like, I know that um, killing people isn't funny, but no, it is. Go on. (laughs) It is pretty. Like, can you imagine working in the CIA? It does feel like they get to see they get to assassination pretty quickly, pretty often, and it would be quite (laughs) fun to be in all of their meetings. And you imagine there's just one guy. He's maybe called Steve, yeah. and they're just like, <laughs> sure. "What are we gonna do about What are we gonna do about Julian?" And Steve's hand just goes up, and everyone just goes it shoots oh, right here up. Here we go. Here comes Steve. What do you what is Steve?
3: Best, I think the best course of action here is to terminate him.
1: It's like, <laughs> yeah, we, we thought so, Steve. <laughs>
5: yeah. We fucking thought yeah. so. All right, moving on. Uh, Secret Santa. Terminate him. Um, we have to
3: terminate Santa too. we have got to okay, terminate again, Santa. Steve. Yeah. Uh huh. Listening. Yeah. Anyone else you want At one
1: point there's just a brief that comes through It's like, what should we do with Steve? And Steve's like, Oh no. <laughs> oh no. I need to I've only got I one it's clear, idea. Sir.
5: I need to be I need to be taken out of the picture. <laughs> I do get the feeling that there are some assassinations which really are just to like let the whoever the the, the reigning CIA Steve is sort of just get it out of their system <laughs> so they can get some work done. Oh yeah.
3: I mean, I think this is like for when they retire as well, they can have a conversation with someone, well, I was the guy who took out Assange. You know, Mm, I press press go on that email. Do
4: you you reckon um, they've got like a board of how many numbers of people they've killed? Like, you know, like a boy's room?
3: (laughs) Yeah. I I really enjoy this quote from uh, the former counterintelligence officer saying, uh, yeah, when Trump took office, there was a fundamental change. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> nobody nobody in that crew uh, was going to be too broken up about the First Amendment issues. <laughs> I was like, well, there you go. And Trump later was described as saying he was just spitballing.
5: He was, didn't actually want to kill. <laughs> 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 just spitballing. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Look, if you're discussing a problem with the CIA, like – You're going to spitball to there, right?
1: (laughs) It's like, have we considered, um, I don't know, running some sort of billion-dollar, I don't know, drug importation scheme that we can blame on someone? Or, of course, there's the classic, (laughs) should we just kill him? Spitballing. It's a
5: classic for a
3: reason. Wasn't
1: there also, um, in terms of wacky schemes to do with Assange, didn't he have a wacky escape plan?
3: Oh, yeah, there was rumours that he was going to escape... By Russians in a in a van or something, right?
1: Yeah, and there was like it was like a classic um, a classic sort of Ocean's Eleven situation where he was gonna they were gonna bring in like a package that was gonna be in a really big bag, and then he was gonna have to curl up in the bag.
3: Uh, I think they tried that, but the bag had a hole in it. There was a WikiLeaks.
5: Do you remember? Do you remember the footage that? that ironically leaked out of the Ecuadorian embassy of Assange trying to learn to skateboard. <laughs> Didn't Pamela Anderson leak that herself? Uh, I mean, she could have, yeah. Somebody sent him a skateboard. Um, maybe the CIA sent
1: him. Uh, uh, he might break his neck. Yeah.
5: <laughs> 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 Sir, if we uh, if we sent him a
3: skateboard, it's a very dangerous, sp- very dangerous sport. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, great.
5: Yeah, uh, and I- I- it's, it's great. It really reminded me. Because he's 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 just trying it in a room, which is quite a small room, and it really reminded me of me trying to learn to skate in my bedroom, which you just can't do. Like you, you get can't do to one wall and then you turn around and do the other one. Yeah, yeah I mean, if you, if if what you currently need in your life right now. Oh, man,
3: look, if you feel sorry for people living in the Ecuadorian embassy and then people below, the Chilean embassy, they would have been (laughs) very annoyed with the sound. Yeah. You know, I always thought like a great escape plan would be because Julian Assange is so iconic, you know, he's an iconic looking man Mm. and you could dress up a thousand people to look like Julian Assange (laughs) Uh and swarm the Ecuadorian embassy and then disperse.
1: That's really good.
3: Classic. I thought that okay. Yeah, it's classic. Yeah, All everyone's off, done that.
1: Send in a thousand guys who look like CIA agents and then you'll never know who killed him.
3: Oh, ah. <laughs> rational fear. We're not going to achieve net zero in
5: the cafes, dinner parties, and wine bars of our inner cities that Australia trying to go for net zero emissions is like a 10-year-old boy who thinks he's Superman and jumps off his parents' roof. He doesn't have the technology and he's going to fall flat on his face. Your
3: fear is rational. Next up, this is a warning for people who live in the seat of Fowler. An immigrant is moving to your suburb to buy a house. Yes, last week it was announced that Kristen McNeely is moving to Fowler to kick out somebody else so that she can run for the lower house. This is a very strange story. She's leaving a perfectly fine Senate seat to go to a perfectly hard-working lower house seat. Like, why would Christina Keneally want to move to the lower house at all? Die.
4: Well, the houses are cheaper probably from the Northern beaches.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> you can buy a couple of more houses in the West, couldn't you?
3: <laughs> that's true. That's true. This is a strange story because, you know, the Labor, they're always pretending to be, you know, uh, authentic mm. and, uh, and genuine um, and uh, they want to be seen to be doing the right thing by the people that they represent, including removing a Vietnamese woman from running in that seat with somebody who has never had a connection with that seat yes. at all. How do you, how do you as, a, as someone of Vietnamese heritage, how do you feel about it? Oh, I
4: feel a bit redundant. Uh, Vietnamese people shouldn't do anything in Australia. I think that's what they're trying to say. What it's showing is that uh, there is a kind of tokenism when Asians are needed, and I guess with the Labor Party, in this case the Asian female uh, Vietnamese politician wasn't needed. It was an <laughs> <a> immigrant <laughs> from America female to represent um the lower house so as uh, disappointing disappointing
5: yeah, i did see them trying to sort of like you know when somebody sort of it usually happens on twitter where they sort of try a line out and they're like ah that's rubbish sorry I saw them sort of trying to be like, "Well, actually, we're talking about two immigrants here," <laughs> and everyone just sort of like quite roundly went, "Shut the fuck up!" And they went, "Right,
3: you are." <laughs> we're all
1: just spitballing, and we didn't get to assassination, so yeah. you got to give us that. But isn't it strange, <laughs> yeah, exactly. like it strange,
3: like seeing Albo even step up and going, "Well, you know," and playing that same lie, just like, "Well, you know, she's an immigrant. You know, <laughs> we got to, we got to embrace this story."
5: Yeah, it's funny. Like, I know why they can't do it. Well, I. Like, I know what the conventional wisdom – why the conventional wisdom says they can't do this. But, like, it's so funny the way that, like, labor especially has to tie themselves in knots to not just say the truth, which is, like, this is all factional and there's, like, so much shit going on that's complicated behind the scenes – that this is just how shit works and it shouldn't work this way and it's terrible that it works this way, but let's not pretend that that's not how it works and instead having to do these, like, crazy contortions to make it seem like it's, like, a just thing that they're What's doing. the
3: real story, Ben, in, in, in terms of the Senate factions? What, what happened up in the Senate that meant that Christina Keneally got booted out?
5: Yeah, my understanding is that because of factional manoeuvring, she got bumped to the third place in her Senate ticket, which is not a safe place. So there was actual there was actual danger that she was going to lose her upper house seat, is that right? We can ask our next guest. <laughs> she got done over in the Senate internally from Labor, and so they're trying to shift her to a to a safer seat in the lower house. Um, potentially also because she at least might harbour leadership ambitions. Um, <laughs> and you know there there are people in the party that that really that really rate her. I mean, I do think that's one of the funny things about this whole story that like all her defenders are like, well, she's actually an incredibly savvy political operator, and then you look at how she's handled this whole thing, and it's like watching someone trying to fix a fucking watch with bricks yeah. for hands, and it's like, <laughs> and it's, like <laughs> and it's like, oh man, if she could bring this like political nouse against the the liberals, she'd be unstoppable like yeah, there's, there's not a lot of skill on, on display here. Even if that's like the mercenary reason you're saying, oh, we should fuck over this young woman because, you know, we're, we're going to get this incredible heavy hitter in. The way that she's conducted herself, even
1: like on those terms, isn't impressive. Remember when Barney B. Joyce was asked about why they weren't going to rein in like the COVID conspiracy theorists? Um, and he's just like, well, we need the votes. And, um, <laughs> yeah. and you were like, oh, he <laughs> oh, said it. Oh. And it kind of yeah. shut the whole thing down. <laughs> Everyone was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, obviously that's right and that makes you a c- but you're not wrong. Well, well, is that the same, is that
3: the same yeah. approach that you take to when Barnaby says, oh, well, you're at the it's ABC, like... you've got to say whatever the government says.
1: Yeah, that's right, and I do, I do. Whatever they goddamn please. Yeah. That's why I'm here supporting Barnaby Joyce. I think he's, he's honest, he's, he's straight talking. He deals with how he is. Uh,
3: John Englert on the YouTube says, media beats up on Keneally versus two, ignores the greater problem of gender and diversity in the coalition. Well, this is true. The uh, coalition isn't as diverse. As Labour, that's for sure. Di, would you? What would you do to con- increase gender and diversity in the coalition?
4: Look, I, I think there's a no go for me in the coalition. <laughs> um, I'll just say wait, but I was just going to ask you, Dan, like you raised all this money. I could run as an independent <laughs> if, you know, you could. Su- this is a great <laughs> idea. Yes. <laughs> now we're talking. It's true. Yeah. We could. We could. Yeah.
3: What seat? What, what, what seat, Dana? What seat? Do you want to run? Do you want to run against I Keneally? I just love
4: the Northern Beaches. I would just love to be there. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs>
1: <laughs> Parachute you in. You
5: could because there's going to be a house yeah. in Scotland <laughs> Island that's going to be available. It's only accessible by boat.
1: I, I, I've lived in Sydney for, I don't know, 10 years. I don't know. Where is Scotland Island? Yeah. It's in
5: Pitwater. Scotland Island is, yeah, it's in uh, Pitwater. <laughs> It is, it is an island. Uh, it's not in Scotland, so it's one out of two ain't bad. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's just ferries there and back. The new, nick, the new nickname for
3: Scott Morrison is Scotland Island because, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> him on his own in Scotland.
1: Maybe instead of going to Glasgow for COP26, he can just go to Scotland Island. Scotland Pretty Island. <laughs> I visited Keneally. What, what do you want? <laughs> Irrational fear. The French have always liked to stand a bit aloof. Uh, from uh, les anglos (laughs) and uh, we've never had the kind of intimacy with the french good friends and all that they are they're not family a rational fear
3: She's North Sydney's new independent candidate, and it's going to be an exciting race. Uh, According to her LinkedIn, she's a successful business operator and NFP campaigner, tenacious, intelligent and compassionate. Well, you know, according to us, (laughs) that sounds a bit arrogant, don't you think? Please welcome to the podcast... Kylie, Tink, welcome, Kylie. Oh,
0: thanks, Dan. I thought you were going to tell me it sounds like a dating profile, actually. So I think I'll take the arrogance over the dating profile.
3: Well, no, it, it, well, it actually does sound like a dating profile in a way. This is your next six months is dating an electorate. Um, how's it going? Has anyone uh, caught your eye?
0: I've actually got to say it's been um, a bit of a roller coaster. It's been a hell of a ride. Not expecting it to be as amazing as it as it has been. You know, we launched only last Saturday, so we're 10 days into a campaign and already we've got, you know, hundreds of people walking around the North Shore electorate in a pink T-shirt that says um, Team Tink which is kind of bizarre when you're the Tink and you're looking at all these people walking around with your name on them. So, <laughs> it's um, it's actually extraordinary. And actually, Diana, I just wanted to say, sorry, Dan, McKeller is looking for an independent candidate oh. to run. McKeller's up Palm Beach Way. Well, ah. I forgot so to maybe that's Northern I'm actually from Melbourne. So, <laughs> hey, <laughs> and Christina Kennyley's from Scotland uh, yeah. Island. It's not stopping that. So <laughs> Independence I can, can bounce as well. Polly, which city oh, are you I am Ben. Ben sponsored by Phantom. Yep. Yeah, is that <laughs> yeah. correct? Is that?
3: Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Ben,
0: I am running for the seat of North Sydney, which is oh, in nice Sydney. One. Funnily enough, yes. yeah, on the north Northern side of the bridge. It. Mm. Yeah, it's slightly, north, yeah. So slightly who, north.
1: Who are you? Who are you taking down, Kylie? Who are you hoping to take down?
0: I am running against a gentleman called Trent Zimmerman who is, um, you know, actually he's a really, really nice guy. I've met Trent a number of times. He's just seems to have this issue where he's completely ineffective because he's a government backbencher and so actually has less power than anybody else in the parliamentary system. So he talks one way. He, he is a climate advocate and, you know, has, has spoken a lot about protecting the Great Barrier Reef, but then when legislation comes up in the House, he actually voted against it. So we've, mm. he's a bit confused.
3: It's something that a lot of the people in this uh, climate independent movement talk about. They say, you know, well, the good guys are good, but they vote the same way as the bad guys. Um, So who the hell are you, Kylie? And how dare you try and vote against the good guys?
0: Thank you for asking, Dan. That's a good question, Dan. Isn't that what Lewis said earlier? Actually, Dan, well, if you believe the media, according to a newspaper article recently, I'm the problem that the government has at the moment. People like me who are a little bit um, tired of waiting for middle-aged men to get it right and so we're deciding to stand up and actually call it out and um, say that we actually think Australia can be and do better. So if you'd told me 18 months ago that this was what um, I would be doing, I I would have laughed almost as hard as I've been laughing, listening to you guys waiting to come in. But here I am and I just couldn't be more honoured. This
3: is a big ask and it's an extremely stressful process. How did you come to the conclusion that you wanted to put yourself through this process over the next six months?
0: Really seriously, I, there was a moment for me last September where our Prime Minister came into the state of New South Wales and said to the public, if New South Wales would not build a gas-fired power station in our state, then the federal government would build it and they would use federal electric uh, money to do that. And this kind of ding went off in my head and I just thought there's something wrong with this, you know, like New South Wales doesn't want it, but the federal government wants to build it. What's going on here? And then the next Mm, morning I heard um, Mike Cannon-Brooks from Atlassian came out and said that the Prime Minister saying that to our country was the equivalent of him going to work the next day and telling all of his programmers they could only work with an abacus. And it was (laughs) like somebody dropped a cat in my lap. I, I suddenly went, oh, that makes so much sense. You know, like this doesn't make business sense. What our Prime Minister wants to do is illogical and irrational. So, um, I think that's when I first decided I had to stand up and say, because I have been a successful businesswoman, Dan, thank you very much, this is not (laughs) good business. So, um, yeah, that's when I decided it was time to go into politics.
3: That same catalyst is the same for a lot of folks. I mean, this is in particular for me, um, I started to go, hang on, what the hell is going on when during a pandemic that the group of people, they get together. The National COVID Committee Commission um, get together and they decide the best way to handle the pandemic is to build a gas pipeline. Like I'm not a doctor, but it doesn't quite make any kind of sense. I was so en- I was so enraged after six months, and of course these, of course, you no know, Greg Hunt wasn't looking at his emails in that six months because he was like, oh no, the National COVID Committee's got it sorted out. But it was just, just crazy to think that, and just really
1: it just look. I kills say we me. try it. You know what? I- Yeah, we
0: haven't haven't seen it play out. We haven't seen it play out. It's very easy to
5: to snipe from the
1: sidelines. We don't
0: know know the gas pipeline
3: can't fix it. Yeah, that's true.
0: You know what I think it is, though? The problem is that we've got, um, to me, that's an approach of, you know, we've got a government that's obsessed with still selling VHS cassettes when the rest of the world is live streaming or listening to your podcast. You know, like they just don't seem to want to step into this new century. Mm. And... That's got multiple issues for us, you know, not only for our for our kids and their kids in terms of the world that they'll be growing up in environmentally, but economically Australia stands to get left behind. You know, we sh- we should be, excuse me for a minute, but we should be a renewable superpower. We have more natural resources in this country than any other country on the face of the planet and yet we still want to hang on to that little brown rock and pass it backwards and forwards in um, Parliament. So we can do better and I think it just takes normal people like us to stand up and say, you know what, politics is about the people, not the party. So we're taking it back.
3: Kylie, tell us a little bit about your history. How did you get to this point? Like how did you get to the point where you're like, you know what, I've, I've, I've done enough, I want to ruin my career <laughs> and, uh, and go into politics?
0: So I think I'm a born campaigner, actually, Dan. So I'm one of four kids. I grew up in a small country town out in northwest New South Wales called Coonabarbran. Um, Coonabarabran's very excited because at the last census, their population grew from 3,000 to 3,001 and we got to change the signs as you come into the town. So it's a great little town <laughs> that hasn't moved a lot and has a really strong culture that when you want to get stuff done, you lean in together, you know. That's how we had the tennis courts built. That's how we got the youth centre built. So I grew up in an environment where I just knew that if you wanted to make the place better, you just had to find the right group of people to work with to make that happen. So over my career I've worked in areas as diverse as um, domestic violence advocacy, I've worked in tobacco control, I've worked in sun protection, I've worked with the HIV AIDS community I've worked with kids in immigration detention centres and young Australians doing it tough with mental health. I've done a lot of work in cancer. Oh, you
3: sound you sound already, you already sound like a politician. <laughs> young Australians doing
0: it tough. Oh, that's great gear. That is good gear. That's good gear. You'll be doing that on A Current Affair in no time. I had that line before I was a politician. Thank you very much, Dan. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yeah. But um, no, my, probably um, one of my most amazing experiences for, I was the CEO at an organisation called the McGrath Foundation for six years, where, I went wow. in just after Jane passed away and because I really respected Jane and I wanted to see the idea that she had had come to fruition and I just had this six-year experience of, you know, we were five nurses when I went there and by the time I finished we were 100 nurses, um, the Sydney Pink Test had been born and all these things that people said couldn't be done had suddenly been achieved. So I think yeah. for me that that's fundamentally what drives me. I love that question, mm-hmm. Why? And then the extension of it of why not, you know, why can't we do it differently? And um, to me that's what's pretty amazing about campaigning at the moment actually. I'm running an amazing group of volunteers. We're a community organisation and we're standing up against some pretty big machines in the form of the parties. But people are joining us, you know, they they're coming out and saying we want to be counted too. So I don't know where this will go, honestly, guys. I just think that... It's a bit like your billboards. If you can do something that disrupts the conversation enough that other people stand up and take notice, I think that's a pretty amazing thing to have the capacity to do. So I'm all for your billboards, Dan. And if you want to put a billboard in the North (laughs) Sydney electorate, Saying we've looked from A to Zimmerman and can't find Trent anywhere. Where is he on the environment? I will back you into doing that all the way.
3: Oh well, you know, look, Kylie. Um, uh, technically, I'm not allowed to support any candidate, uh, but I am allowed to berate <laughs> others. So you may find you may find billboards, but of me attacking Trent Zimmerman, but uh, I won't be able to actually support support you.
5: And also, also saying. You know, maybe some choice things about a delicious orange <laughs> beverage.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Fanta. Hang on, would you believe hang on we lost Lewis for one second. Let me just call him. What? Um he had a blackout. He had a blackout.
4: He's in the car. is <laughs> that not a true car? story? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Hello. <clears throat> Lewis, did you have to did you have to leave the podcast because we started to get political and you were just worried about losing a job at the ABC? I was like
1: this is going to cost me a small amount of money. I've got to go. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Where did you go? The whole, um, my suburb has lost power. I've just been, I thought it was my fuse, but I've. there's a whole um, street-wide blackout. I've just been meeting my neighbours for the first time. <laughs> they're, they're if this way, if,
3: I tell you what, if, if if Kylie was a professional politician already, she'd say, well, this is the yeah. problem with coal power. You can't trust
1: yeah. it. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> I I feel nervous. I don't know what I'm going to stream. Um, I've already started just painting faces on a coconut. That, Things are going bad. That
4: was me That was me last week with the earthquake. I was like, this is it. We're done.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, Kylie, thank you so much for joining us on Irrational Fear and thanks, everyone, for joining us. Do you guys have anything to plug? Diana, do you want to plug anything?
4: Uh, yeah, if you're a snorting fan, I've got a podcast called The Snort Cast and uh, if you know Keanu Reeves, I am still chasing him, so... <laughs> Please bring in my way.
3: <laughs> and you're also raising money uh, for a climate project. Who are you raising money for? Uh,
4: climate for Change is doing an October fundraiser. They're raising three hundred thousand dollars. Our ambassador, one of our ambassadors, Judith Lucy. They're actually on live right now. They're raising hope to raise three hundred k. So.
3: Excellent, and we are supporting Climate for Change too. We've given them a billboard, so if you want to go to Climate for Change and uh, and buy that billboard, you can decide what goes on it. Uh,
5: ben, do you want to plug anything? Uh, I have a podcast called uh, Free to a Good Home that I do with, uh, with Lewis's radio partner, actually, uh, Michael Hing, uh, where we go through uh, classifieds and find uh, ones to talk about. I'd say that's a bad plug for it, but really uh, there's no other way of putting it. That's the show. Can I say it is a show that does talk as it quite like in the first five minutes
3: incessantly about Fanta? <laughs> so just beware of that. The snack report is always filled with Fanta. No, Frida Good Home is one of the funniest podcasts in Australia. It is an absolute cack. Make sure you listen to it. So is the Snortcast. And Lewis, um, do you want to plug anything? Do you want to plug like Energy Australia? I'd like
1: to plug candle. I'd like to plug <laughs> gas lamp. I'd like to plug uh, um, Windmill. Uh-huh. I'd like to
0: plug anything <laughs> that would help me turn my TV on. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Kylie Tink. Kylie, what would you like to plug? I would like to plug everybody getting up and listening to you guys every week because I think you're good for the soul, but also for people to really think about where they stand on the issues that we've had so much fun talking about tonight. You know, these are... They're big issues and it's our turn to stand up and make the difference when it comes to them. So get involved, get out there and don't just accept the status quo.
3: Thank you very much, Kylie. Really appreciate it. Um, Big thanks to Road Mics, our Patreon supporters, Jacob Round. Also, if you want to support Joke Keeper, who is keeping us alive, head to irrationalfear.com or Indiegogo or anywhere on social media to find the link to Joke Keeper. You know, we've only met 10% of our target for Joke Keeper. We still need $900,000 to go. <laughs> I, want <to> thank, <laughs> I want to thank our <laughs> Patreon supporters, Karen Organ, Courtney, James, Julie Woods, Jeremy, Siobhan Claire, Fran Murrell, Matthew Darmor, Paul, Alistair, Adam KB, Chris Kazan, Claire, uh, and Dan Ziffer also became a uh, Patreon member this week. So big thank you to all those new Patreon members. Big thank you to you for listening. Until next week, there's always something to be scared of. Good night. Oh, yes, next week, listen to Julia Zumiro asks who cares. That's the first episode.